0: Another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Sherry Foos. She is a marriage and family therapist. She's an adjunct professor, creator of The Narrative Method, and co-founded The Bridge. Today we're going to talk about her story and how she got to be where she is today. Hi Sherry, how are you?
1: Hey Alexa, I'm well, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm excited to talk to you. I think a lot of what you do is so incredible, and it's important, and I want my listeners to hear about it.
1: Okay. I'm excited to share. So um, where do you want me to start? Shall I start with the narrative method?
0: Sure. Tell us a little bit about that and how you came to create it.
1: Okay. So um, I had been a marriage and family therapist. I still am. Um, And then I went back to school and I studied something called narrative medicine, which was taken out of the medical school um, that belongs to Columbia University and uh, a professor and and physician there thought there had to be a way to teach empathy to doctors. So uh, (laughs) cut to, you know, some years later when this program's already, um, you know, had tons of research. And what what winds up being true is that the simplest things, the things that we don't even take a second thought, eye contact. If you have eye contact with someone, it's really hard to be freaked out by them.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless there's something terrible going on, (laughs) you know, but it's like listening to people, just listening, not projecting your own thing. So anyway, to make a long story short, it's rooted in social justice. And it it just fit everything that I believed in. And um, before I was a marriage and family therapist, I was a writer and a performer. And what I used to do is I created these late night underground salons. And I had partners who did them with me. And it was like a really cool like Disneyland for adults, like a dark lit dreamy kind of an ambiance with a red bar and And so cool, so cool and really comfortable furniture and people would come and hang out.
0: And then you would would you perform
1: there or would there
0: be performances?
1: Yes. So people would hang out and they could even come by themselves because it was really not tense or bullshitty, you know, (laughs) so every once in a while there'd be like a burst of like the band X uh doing something you know acoustic or an artist showing their work or a poet or a dancer whatever fun but then you just return to the party so it was like something where people really are all involved it's not like some fake interactive thing you know
0: that's really cool what made you decide to start that
1: well back then i was in punk bands (laughs) hey alexa um, really <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and this was all part of um this incredible scene of excited people that were doing all kinds of um new music and new art and you know time the times of talking heads and so forth and so there was just like a lot of people who are alive and on the streets and the way that like people don't hang out on the streets so much now
0: yeah um,
1: And so um, it was just really kind of natural to get these audiences to come to this kind of thing. Anyway, so years later, um, when I became a therapist, I still continued to work with groups because I Mm -hmm. love the power of groups. Yeah. If you're talking to one person who you really like and you get each other and respect each other, it feels amazing. And our brains need that quality of connection to. Right, for sure but if you if you have a conversation like that with a group of people that's telling your brain like um wow this is a correction to any bad family dynamics you've ever had this yes. is possible so it's more that's more about the world anyway blah 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 cut to now we do these awesome remote several times a week both writing groups and conversation salons Very
0: cool. So is that like, are you doing these groups like for therapy or is it more for um, just for fun?
1: I'm so glad you asked that. So, yeah, it's therapeutic because it feels good and makes us feel better and blah, blah, blah. But this is really for the sole purpose of bringing people together to share their stories because you don't need a license to use your humanity. And as I was saying, most people are good. And you could, everybody's your damn cousin. Like, let's right <laughs> <take> another break. <laughs> so. I love
0: that. I think that is so cool that you do that. And it is true because some people don't have that good, a good family dynamic. So when they're in these groups and they're like thinking like, oh my gosh, I have like this horrible family, let's say, but then you're meeting people and you, you see that people, there are good people in the world and you can be in a group setting and not feel uncomfortable.
1: Definitely. Or- Or not fight or or feel like you always have to say the right thing and be polite. And the truth is everybody has been made nervous. It's not a completely bad thing because we realize, yeah, we have to be careful with each other's feelings. That comes from a good place. But when it goes too far is when we have to ask ourselves if it's okay to think about the things we're thinking about you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it okay to think about the things we're thinking about if they involve hurting other people or hurting ourselves? No. I mean, you're not going to get arrested for thinking, but, um, you know, in order, let's say for a man who is brought up in a typically chauvinistic way, whatever that would look like, who let's say he's 50 years old or 60 or 70 in order for him to really get like, you know, Call young women honey and touch them and all right. this Um I'm not saying he shouldn't or he can't, but it would not be untypical for it to take longer and for there to be resistance because unless right. a very expansive thinker, it may not completely compute. So,
0: right, especially because kids, it's more for kids are taught a certain you it's easier for kids to learn or relearn than adults definitely because our brains are still going and they're getting shaped and that's like why like back when like during let's say the holocaust when they were treated or before the holocaust started but like when in germany like they would teach the the hate jews or to hate whoever in school and these young kids or in or racism or whatever it is and that's how they grow they're, that's what they're thinking Hmm. Where it would be harder to have an adult to teach an adult to hate someone when they're already, when they're already someone who likes people, so it's harder for people to get their minds changed as they get older.
1: Absolutely, unless you're tortured, and then you you know you uh, shift gears very quickly, right? <laughs> uh, or you're enthralled. Or but you know here's the thing, and I'm very fascinated with what you just said. I'm really fascinated with the phenomenon of those rare times when somebody changes on a dime. Now, you change on a dime if, God forbid, there's a terrible accident and it you know really harms your life, right. or, or you know baby's born, or things like that. But for instance, um, they they make these uh, glasses that you can put on if you're colorblind. Mm-hmm. And see uh, a, a very typical coloration of, of how uh, other people see. Yeah. So I've seen people put these on and they instantly cry, instantly cry. And you can see it's because a veil has been lifted from their right. entire, you know, it's like finding out that the world, you know, uh, like you're, you're not going to fall off the, it's not flat. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm fascinated with that.
0: No, I think it all is so, it's so interesting. Like the human brain and the human dynamic is just so interesting to like really think and learn like how sure. people react and how people learn. And it's, it's like, a, it's just very interesting.
1: To me, it's the most interesting thing in the world because at the end of the day, understanding that allows us to better communicate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, you know, it was very common to think of your children as your property. And in some places in the world still is, right. You know, you could genuinely think that, you know, you're doing the right thing by punishing them physically, you know, or unfairly or whatever. And, you know, unlearning hate that's what you were saying before. When right. you thought that, when it's in you, in your early years, there, there is some, but I don't want to, I don't want people to feel uh, discouraged because it takes more of an effort.
0: Right. You have to want to unlearn or want to change. If you don't, then you're
1: not going to. So something has to wake you up. What do you think? I mean, what have you ever seen that has either woken you up to something, even if it's a small thing, it's like, oh my God, I don't know why I thought that.
0: Yeah, I've definitely, there's been moments of things. Like I think, well, for me, so I was in a bad car accident. um, Five years ago, I have chronic pain and that's kind of where all this podcast and everything came to be. Wow. Um, And speaking, by the way, when you were talking about like the narrative method and how it's all about teaching doctors to have empathy, I think that is so important because some, there are doctors out there that maybe can't help you, but instead of just saying they can't help you, they're going to refer you, they'll make it sound like it's your fault, like you. it's uh. all in your head. And that's what I had a doctor doing that to me when I knew there was something wrong and they just couldn't figure it out. And I went to new doctors after that and I got it, like figured out what the chronic pain was and all that. I mean, I still have it, but I at least was
1: diagnosed with it. But the guy paid attention to you, listened to you, Mm -hmm. thought of something, even putting your feet up, but whatever it was, it's not that he cured you. No, it's that he was with you right? and used his expertise to offer whatever there was.
0: Exactly. Like I know there's not, everyone can help me or help everybody. That's okay. But don't. Make it feel. Don't make me feel like it's in my head or that it's my that I'm doing this to myself. When I'm 22 years old, I had just graduated college, like four months before this.
1: Oh my god! There's no
0: way I want this. I had the whole world at my fingertips. Like my whole life changed. I mean, there was so much I couldn't do for a couple years. Like I was home most of the time. Like I, I had a mild traumatic brain injury. There was a lot that I couldn't do. So who would want that?
1: Well, also, you know, then you had two years of the pandemic. Right. So like, you should be allowed, you should make a deal with whoever is in charge of life and death, uh, that you should get back at least four years.
0: Yes. <laughs> but so what I was saying, though, about that, it, it kind of woke me up to be a little, I was always an empathetic person, but I really became more empathetic because I have something that I call, people call it an invisible illness. So you can't mm-hmm. see it on the outside. So now like when I, if I have like, let's say a service person or a waitress, whoever it might be, that maybe isn't the nicest. Normally I would get really mad and be like, well, thinking to myself, like, that's not okay. Like, I don't want to tip them, but like in my head now I'm thinking, well, maybe there's something going on with them. Maybe they're in pain. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Like maybe something really bad just happened. I don't know because I can't see it. So it's not like they, I see that they have no leg or no arm. Like, so there's something could be going on. I love it. Or they could just be a mean person. I I, I won't know, and I yeah. well, I, I like to give the benefit of the doubt.
1: <laughs> I also think it's look, it's so right. It's just smarter. It, it's forget that it's being a better person. It's just smarter. If you look at the big picture rather than right. just exactly what's in front of you, everybody's got a complicated life exactly everybody's just getting over some shit and then that then they got to do that and then yeah nobody is you know when somebody cuts you off in traffic you know when you start giving them the finger and then they roll down the window and all that kind of stuff <laughs> we all know how easy it is when you're already stressed out to get there but if you were looking down upon this planet like an alien like if there was a mistake like that why would you be mad at the person? Why not just correct the mistake? Right. And why exactly. not, just, more importantly, why not each go like, hallelujah, you know, there was a mistake. We didn't hit the, each other, you know?
0: Right. It's so true, but it's just, it's very, and I think there's, it's more likely to have people that are just having a bad day than there are necessarily
1: bad people. I, I prefer to see the world that way. And I do think it's true because I've worked with so many people in my career in, you know, individually, in groups, people who are homeless, people who are, in, yeah. you know, in, in rough situations, and people who are in powerful situations. Everybody's really the same. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got people you don't want to hang with in every category. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a bunch of um, people really just trying to be. Good and enjoy their lives and do something for the world.
0: And look at like celebrities or reality stars. People like to think like they have the most perfect life and they should be so happy. But it's like they have mental health issues, they have chronic illness issues, they have all this stuff that we all have. They just are doing a job that they make a lot of money and they do whatever, but that doesn't make them happy.
1: Well, n- not only that, I mean, th- I can refer you to some really interesting research on what makes people happy and it's, it's not more money, no. but when you really think about what it would be to have the life of an influencer or a star or, or somebody, or like, think about like Adele, she canceled her concert, like the whole world, it must feel like to her is mad at her, you right. know? Or yeah. Lady
0: Gaga, who has fibromyalgia, and she does has to do things or sometimes cancel things because of how much pain she is. And...
1: Exactly. And, you know, OK, so that's one thing. Like, I don't I don't get to have a sick day. <laughs> um, I don't get to have a freak out, stay in bed day. And um, I definitely can't go to the supermarket if I need to get some milk. I have to wait for somebody else to do that in some complicated way, depending on... And then I'm never alone. Right.
0: And And it's like, well, you signed up for this. Well, no, you didn't. You're doing a job just like everyone else, like a teacher or whoever, but this is just their acting. That's their job and that's what they're getting paid for. It shouldn't be where they get to never have privacy or never have a
1: life. It's so complicated though, isn't it? I mean, because... How much of that do you think is caused by making that kind of money? Part
0: of it probably is because it's like, t- it's like people probably feel almost entitled because like they're paying to see this movie or they're paying to read this person's book or they're so they, they're it's like, they're almost like the owner, mm. the boss, but they're not.
1: Well, you know, something that's interesting. It's like, okay, think of a big concert as a condo and <laughs> everybody is, you know, you've got, rented yeah. owners for that night. Yeah, ah, you are my you're my artist. I have yeah. you know one ten thousandth of you. Right, I paid for, to see you. I so paid for I, your ass.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's so it's, interesting. It's,
0: I never even thought about it too until so we were just talking about it. But it is so. I know. Too,
1: yeah, that's really interesting. What was your idea? I like that.
0: Well, thank you. <laughs> um There's something else I was going to say, but like oh about like how money doesn't bring like more happiness. Yeah, like, I don't have a ton of money, but I have a lot of love in my life, and I'm so like with family and friends. But sometimes it's like I wish I had a little bit more money just to not have to worry, because like yeah. with like my medical, all these doctors, it's like I'm always having to pay something, or it's like I just wish I had enough to not have to worry.
1: It's it's. I don't need all this money. Have,
0: yes, I don't need it's all this better money. Better
1: to have no money problems. Period.
0: Right. I don't want all this extra money. I don't need millions and millions of dollars that I'm not gonna yeah. do anything with. I just want enough where I don't have to worry where the bill's getting paid, or
1: that's it. I think that's what everybody wants. I mean, I'm not saying that we don't also want some toys on top of that, but of course, I, you know, in some of these countries that are, you know, more, more democratic, even not even just socialists. Not that I'm talking about politics, but I'm I'm just saying that like if you live someplace where your health is covered if your health care is covered or yeah. some other basic education how it, should be. it should be i mean it, it's not really a stretch so if your health and education are paid for then everybody has a fair shot
0: exactly because these kids are people that don't get to go to college because maybe they don't have the money or they don't have yeah. the resources that's not fair
1: no it's not fair Why shouldn't
0: they be able to go and then people, then you can't get the good jobs because even there's so many jobs that you don't technically need a college education, but it's something to set you apart.
1: Of course. And you know what,
0: but that's all it is.
1: It's not only unfair to that potential student, it's really unfair to the world. Mm -hmm. And, and here's my rationale. With all of these problems for climate change and everything else, and all the fighting in the world, we need every brain and we need to check every single brain to see who's got answers. And it it doesn't come in, you know, predictable form. There may be some people who are legacies or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there's brilliance everywhere. And kind of the more, uh, of a mutt you are, in a sense, you know, the more exposed to unique and different things, the more uniquely and differently you'll think. And we need people to think in new ways. So it's, it's tragic to me. Not that, you know, if you don't want an education, that's one thing, but But it should be your choice. It shouldn't
0: be because you can't afford it, or you don't want to have all these debts or... But it should be because you just don't want to do that. Like you don't need it in your life. Let's say that should be it. Should be your choice.
1: But here's another thing. I'm thinking now that we're like sort of fixing the entire planet, which I didn't. Right. Think, <laughs> you know, it doesn't take too long. I almost. Maybe
0: we know. could be president one day.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. You can uh, you go to the meetings on uh, Tuesdays through Thursdays, and I'll go Monday and Friday. We'll yeah. uh, <laughs> take one too. Um. Where were we with this crazy idea? <sighs> uh,
0: we were saying about education, how it should be like, if, if someone doesn't want it, it should be their choice not to want it.
1: I but it shouldn't it. be. I think the, the through high school could be taught at a much more interesting level. I mean, interesting for students. Because yeah. I look back now at some of the subjects that I think are completely interesting to me now, but they were presented in really boring ways. So yeah. I, learn. I didn't learn all kinds of things because I was thinking about what I was interested in. And those are the things that all kids are interested in. And that's what you should use to teach them the things they need to learn. Kids really need to know how to read and write. Yeah important and I
0: and cursive too they're not teaching cursive so much anymore
1: I know I don't even know what to say about that but Ugh. i I do know that when you write by hand there is um, something that gets sunk up in your brain that doesn't mm-hmm. happen through typing so it's really good for you I used uh, to do
0: note cards like for tests oh, and stuff but I okay. hand wrote them yes of course so like I'm always from so it helped me because I'm one, I'm, besides learning them, I'm also writing them. So it's
1: an extra step. Absolutely. And you're also saying that, you know, it, it, yeah. you, you write a word more slowly than typing it. So you're saying handy. Okay. H-A-N-D-Y. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, you know, I know in England, um, the, their university is three years because their primary education is so comprehensive. Yes.
0: <laughs> the other thing too, it's like my dad and I will talk about this a lot. It's so college is pretty, like we were saying is here is four years, but half of it, I'm redoing stuff. I just did for 12 years before, like math, science that I don't need in what I'm studying.
1: That's so too bad. You could
0: make college two years, let's say, and do just your, your major, maybe some extra whatever, because like, I mean, you just need it, but like, It should just be your degree or do more to be more should be trade school, things like that, where you can really focus on what you want, not everything else that I've already learned over 12, 13 years prior. That's not going to
1: help me. I don't. I don't know the answer because I don't know the answer from a meta perspective. But I do think that some of the things that I didn't learn in, let's say, higher math or calculus or you know anything that would have to do with uh, you know programming and all that stuff. I think to have a basic knowledge of as much as possible without overwhelming you. Really just helps you think in a much wider scope. So I use the image of the kaleidoscope. It's one of the 12 core concepts of the narrative method. I'm just thinking about like what a visual thing that is, you know? Yeah. And understanding that as a geometrical reality, this way that all these mirrors break into. You can make um, analogies in your thinking by. Mm -hmm thinking about a kaleidoscope, for instance, you could say, wow, well, there's a million perspectives of the same thing, you know? Um, so I'm not sure, I don't know enough about this stuff, but I I, I wonder if it's really a waste, um, you know, if your brain won't respond to a certain subject, maybe, maybe, you know, it's killing you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I guess it does help you in other ways too. So I, I, I see both ways. I don't know. I just know, like, I'm not a math and science person, so that was always hard for me, and I didn't need it in communications, so yeah. it's like, I just, it was just extra stuff that I had to really focus on when I could have been focusing on other things, but I don't know. That's just me.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a science video that if it's, you don't think it's mind-blowing, um, you will, you will be surprised to see how cool science can be.
0: I like that. Well, and I'll definitely I can even share it with my audience. Um, well, thank you. This has been such a great conversation. And before we end, I want to play a game with you. I'm going to ask you just five questions, and then you can share where we can find you. Okay. So the first question is your drink of choice. Ice latte. Oh, I love I love ice lattes. They're so good. Um, do you have a favorite movie or TV show or both?
1: Oh my God. I just saw the greatest movie. I can't think of what it was called. Um, um, What did I really like this year? Well, I liked the father last year. I don't know why that came to mind with Anthony. (laughs) That was unbelievable. Um, Okay. Next question.
0: Um, Any advice you have for your younger self?
1: Oh man. How much time do you have? (laughs) Um, Honey, I will say. Sweetheart. I know you're scared, but really you don't know everything. So just listen.
0: (laughs) I love that. Um, Five words to describe yourself.
1: Funny, real, loving, um, improvisational, uh,
0: fun. Great. And last but not least, um, what does success mean to you?
1: Having a lot of people benefit from what I'm offering.
0: I love that. That's so great. I think that it's it's such a good, really makes you feel good too, to help other people. For sure. Um, Where can we find you?
1: If you go to thenarrativemethod.org and you go to events, You can sign up for one of our free Zoom ins. We do writing groups. We do conversation salons. We do occasional crazy things. And uh, Saturday, we're actually starting a 12 week program called 12 Weeks, 12 Concepts Deep Dive into the Narrative Method. And we also sell cards, decks one and deck two. We're in the process of doing more. But these cards are. TNM narrative method, DIY human. You don't need a license to use your humanity. so Anybody can use these cards and start your own group. I
0: love that. Well, thank you so much. And this will be in the description below and I will see you guys next time. Bye.